podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Crushes. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Cop End Fracker. Thank you very much for joining us here tonight on this very, very gloomy Tuesday night. Um, I'm joined here with, with, a, with a couple of friends of mine. I've, I'm, I'm very privileged to say that um, in both Chris and both Ellis. Chris, how are you, mate? I never say hi. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm all good, thank you. Um, well, I'd be I'd be a lot better if uh, Liverpool were um, were crap. At the moment, but um, apart from that, I I can't really complain at the moment. Yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. Uh, Els, how are you, mate? How are you, how are you doing? I'm blessed, brother. Same as Chris. Um, if we actually won a game, I'll probably be, It'll be nice. Yeah, but alas, there we go. How are you? Here we are. Oh, I'm all right. Oh, thank you for asking me. I'm all right. I'm all right. Like similar to you guys. It would be nice if we won a game, but I'm beginning to emotionally, emotionally detach myself from this football club, which is a very scary place to be. Um, we, I'm cutting down days until we next play. It's on Sunday. I'm trying to enjoy myself until then. Um, yeah, welcome, Stanley. <laughs> good, good to have you here, Stanley Man. One of our Discord regular. Um, guys, just before I get into the normal uh, um, resumption of things, I just want to say that I did. we did preview or we did promo this episode to be with um, the legendary DJ Spoonie. However, due to some last-minute cancellations, he's had to pull out. So we will be getting him on in the future pod. So please don't, please don't feel sad. Don't worry. All of you guys, I see the numbers going down. Please come back. Come back. Um, <laughs> he, will be on, he will be on the future podcast. That, that is absolutely for certain. So, yeah, let's just, let's just get into things as we normally do. So, before we get into the actual games and we get into the actual agenda, um, for those of you who don't, are not really aware, we do have something called a Discord sign up to that. It's basically a, a humongous WhatsApp group where we have different sports in there, um, predominantly for football. We can chat about all things football. We have things called Discord Lives, where it's literally the live commentary of rival fans and supporting fans bantering about the game as it goes on there's a lot of battles going on it'll make sense when you download it get involved in that sign up to our twitter cop and fracker as well as our um, we'll follow our twitter cop and fracker follow our instagram same cop and fracker um have i missed anything yes and our youtube page so this is we all we're all part of the touchline media group so make sure you are signing up to that cool oh actually and lastly and lastly um please make sure that you are Signing up to our patron as well. So patron is our paid piece for for those for those more for those of you who watch this and you're like, oh, I just need that little bit more of cop and frack. I need a little bit more. Of, I need to hear Chris's voice a little bit, a little bit more. Sign up to our, our patron from just as little as three pounds um, per month, and I promise you won't regret it. We have frequent things coming out every single day. So yeah, get involved. Cool. Now that's out of the way, let's get into all things LFC. Sorry, guys, I did try to play off, but we do have to talk about this this football club. Right. <laughs> there we go. Cool. So, 
<sighs> Liverpool lose again. They lost at home again for the fourth game in a row to uh, Merseyside rivals, Everton. Um, two goals to nil. It's the first time we've lost four consecutive home games since December 1923. So when Ellis was about 15, that's the last time we have lost a Premier That's the last time we lost four on the bounce. Uh, <laughs> obviously, those four losses have come to Brighton, Burnley, City and Everton. We also haven't scored in about nine hours of football. <laughs> I know, honestly, guys, it gets better, I promise. Yeah, we have to start with a glum, but it does get better. It's tough at the moment for Liverpool. But let's get into the game itself. Let's break it down. Let's start off with the lineup. So, Chris, I'm going to come to you first, mate. Um, we saw the lineup. Identical team to the Leipzig game that we had um, the, yeah. the week prior. We still had uh, Hendo and Kabak at centre half. What did you make of it? It was. I think I was happy that obviously it was an unchanged team first and foremost. I thought you saw definitely a more improved performance against Leipzig in, in the week. Um, granted, that might be because Leipzig were trying to go bar for bar with us in terms of playing style. So there was a lot more room in the ba- uh, room open kind of behind them to kind of exploit in terms of space. Yeah. But um, but no, I was, I was really happy with the lineup. Um, you know, kind of you, you saw the. That could back tennis and partnership where where that could go and how that could kind of be a little bit of a beacon for the remainder of the se- <laughs> remainder of the season. The the YouTube comments are so cruel sometimes. They're just so yeah, cruel. They are, aren't um, they? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was I was really happy. I thought the midfield set the midfield setup initially. I was like, okay, it's not too bad. We've not mm-hmm. really got the options to change it up. So I thought, you know what, it, it'll work. And yeah, that was <laughs> that, that optimism was undone within two minutes of fucking action. So that was yeah. Fun. Tell me about <laughs> it. But yeah, let's 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 get straight into that. Let's let's go straight into things. Uh, Els, it's a bit of a strange one. We just right off the back of a, a really big away Champions League victory. Um, although it was against the German opposition, we, we were playing in Budapest in Hungary. Um, but still, nonetheless, still a, still a big win. And now we have a game that no one needs to get jeering up for. It is the Merseyside derby, especially the players. And it's a, big, it's a bigger occasion for the fans, uh, for sure. But we just looked like we didn't want to... Like, like we weren't at the races just to begin the game. We, looked, we started quite sluggishly. We gave away a, come back gave away a corner quite needlessly. What on earth happened? Yeah, I think that corner that he gave away set precedents for the rest of the game. Um, just mm. played nervously, to be fair. Um, he's misjudged the ball under under the wind, under the lights. I don't know. Um, there wasn't a call from anyone to just leave it, it go out. So from then, we just began jittery. Um, I think there's a lack of character within the team at the moment. Everybody is indecisive. And you can see in our play where well, before last season, we didn't really question anything. Everything was just mm. one touch. Maximum two touch this, this season. We're now taking three, four touches because we're not sure. Um, does that go down to the changing at the back? Maybe the changing in the midfield? Maybe. But, um, yeah, I just think, because in my head, when, when he's made that mistake, the Quebec that is, and he's given away that corner, I just thought, yeah, we've just unsettled the whole thing. And we just carried on playing like that. We was just unsure. We were scared. We didn't want to take initiative. Um, yeah, we looked lost. We looked lost, man. Yeah, and yeah, exactly like Elza said. And within the next minute or so, uh, Thiago tries a nice cushion header to um, to to a midfielder alongside him. His name I, I can't remember exactly who he was trying to pass to. It might have been Robbo. Um, and Hamid steals the ball, progresses forward a little bit, spacing behind. Quebec is is doesn't have a clue where Richarlison is, and Richarlison punishes us in the first couple of minutes. And just like that, we're on the back foot. Just like that, we're on the back foot. Um, Chris, what did you, what did you make of that? Who's who was at fault for that goal? Who do you think? All of them, really. I think you got to kind of blame pretty much every single every single <laughs> player on the pitch because when you come out and you start the game like that, and the one thing you want, especially when you've just come off the back of a really good win midweek, um, you're on a really crap run of form at home more than anything too. You know, I mean, you're at home and you're there thinking. Okay, it's Everton. This is the one where you kind of put the pet back in your step and you kind of get the leaf or roll them back. And yeah. from, from right off the get-go, it just looked like they didn't want it. And it was the most frustrating thing whatsoever. But uh, for, for the goal, 
they gave the way, they gave the ball away far too easy in midfield. First and foremost, like you said, that that was a disgrace. Kabak's positioning, uh, you can give him a little bit of leeway, but you can't really because you know the line that we're playing now. You've been granted he has been here. I, I think he's been here long enough where you can kind of know where he's supposed to be standing. <laughs> first and foremost, but yeah, yeah. he's got himself a little bit confused and. It's put Richardson through on goal, and it's not even that great of a finish, really. Um, and Allison could probably do better. So it's a bit. It's just everything that could go possibly wrong has gone possibly wrong, and it's just the personification of this Liverpool team so far during the stretch of the season. Yeah. So right after that, we then saw um, a period where we're like, okay, you know what? This is the the worst start possible, especially to a Merseyside, especially to a derby game. However, like this, this should be something to wake them up. It still felt like they weren't awake immediately after the goal. It still felt like they were still just chilling. They're just quite laid back. I don't know what... I, I can't pin it down to anything. But they, they, they just don't look like the same Liverpool of old. A few minutes past now. Um, in, in the next, I'd say, in the next um, quarter of an hour of, of the game, you then saw Liverpool actually pile on some pressure. We got successive corners. We looked like we could actually make a threat without really making too many chances. Firmino, I know, obviously had one. We could have done better. Hendo had one. He shot tipped against the tipped around the post. But Els, let me just ask you: Did you in that period? Did you ever really feel like we were going to score? Nah, we didn't make anything. There was no like decisive passing. It was just like you said. Um, the only yeah, I remember that Hendo one from outside the box, a decent shot. But there was no patterns of play. And when you can't see patterns of play, you can't. I don't think you can honestly say that yeah, but we're gonna score soon because, again, going back to last season, Liverpool, if they were to go behind, the passing shapes are going, the triangles are there, the one twos, the the, the breaking down of um of the defenses, finding Robbo, finding um Trent, but. This season, especially against Everton, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. I just couldn't see Liverpool. Liverpool just puffed and puffed. They didn't really do anything to to um, bother to bother Everton. They didn't really try and get in behind. There was no runners in behind. So yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I couldn't see them scoring. I just couldn't see it, man. Yeah, it, it it just looked like it was reminiscent of games of games gone past. If I'm completely honest with you, especially at home, we look like we're knocking at the door. People are flaring to deceive, and obviously, and and I, I mentioned that with a player in mind, but we're going to come to him a little bit later. Where it looked like they're doing a lot more than they're actually doing, and it's actually coming as a um, indictment to our um, to our whole like offensive place. So. It's a bit worrying because the first half basically fizzles out because um, right after that promising spell that we had, we actually looked like we, we could we could possibly at least get some shots on target. Hendo then goes down with a with a I think I believe it's a groin injury now, is if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and obviously it's Liverpool, so you never know how long they're out for. But it's not. Uh, Klopp comes out and says it's it's not a small injury, so that's already um that's already a blow. And immediately you can see um you can see the impact it's had on the players. The game, the first half just fizzles out. It's almost like an, it's like they just everyone's happy just going into the tunnel one nil down. Can we talk about how mad it was that he, <laughs> he he had that groin injury and it looked bad when it happened because he's trying he's trying to go round Decore. Mm. You know, he, he he beats Decore and then his groin just completely gives out. And yeah. at that point in the game, Henderson he's putting himself into midfield and he's telling Thiago to move back to centre back. Yeah. So he's trying to put. He's trying to push push the motive, which we'll all be doing on June twenty first. Um, he's, <laughs> he's he's really trying to get the drive and energy back in back into the Liverpool team to kind of just inject a little bit of a spark. And I think everyone just saw him go down and like you fucking again another another player going off injured. And then for some reason, the mad bastard he is literally That's looks at the physios back. and he looks like he looks at the physios and looks clock and goes, "No, I'm fine. I'm going back on." You can clearly see him like wincing when he's coming back on, and then he goes back down, and he has to come off. It's it's just insane. But I feel you look at him, and you think he's had to do that for a specific reason. And if he's had to do that to try and to try and g them up, that's a little bit worrying. Yeah, for sure. It's a damning indictment on on the uh, midfielders and on on certain players because if my man has come off injured. And he's just seeing that the, the level under pitch is not sufficient to win the game. It's a it's a really yeah. really really big like it, it bothered me. It bothered me a lot because even when he's done that, he's gone round the core. He's looking for a pass, but there's nothing on. So I'm yeah. thinking 
Female is hiding. And I remember coming in, speaking to a few people, I said, like, pe- people are hiding in that game. And, um, again, synonymous, synonymous of our season where nobody wants to take the risk anymore because they don't want to be the person who leads to us being, us losing or something. So, yeah, it's a big shame, really, that he's he's injured. Um, him being out for a long time is it's got to be a big, big problem. Yeah. Proper and in more ways than one. I think even having him at centre half was 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 fortunate. The fact that he can actually do a, a decent job there at centre half. He's he's very important to our to our team. Like I and I think um as as you've seen this season, I know opposition fans like to talk about Hendo and the impact he's had and maybe he's not the most um the most flary footballer you might see. He's not, he's not the most technically gifted footballer. However, what he does bring to the team and to this Liverpool team has resulted in a 97-point season, a 99-point season, a Champions League and a Premier League. He he has been playing very well to the max of his capacity and it's, and it's shown in these, um, these performances, especially from 18-19 up after that Southampton game where we, where we end up winning. Salah scores a winner. Uh, I think he gets the third one. I think we went 3-1. But yeah, cool. So now Henderson's off and the first half fizzles out now. So we begin the second half and we're talking in the group and we're all thinking, oh, this looks like it's going to be one of those games, isn't it? Where we just keep knocking on the door. We're a goal behind. This is perfect for the opposition and we just can't create anything. Chat comes on. Uh, bless him, he tries. Um, I know both of you are not big fans of Shaq, but did he? He tried. <laughs> yeah, he did, to be fair. He did try some forward passes, which was nice to see, if I'm completely honest, else, um, as else ducks out of the shot. Uh, but yeah, that, that was at least nice to see. But immediately, our, guys, we just look so toothless. What? Chris, please give me, share some light on, why do we look so toothless at home? Why haven't we scored in damn near nine hours of football? What is going on? I think a lot of it for me comes back to the midfield. Um, for a long time, you see that the midfield has been an engine for, for this Liverpool team. It really drives what we do. Uh, it enables the full-backs to, to push up further, create a lot of goal-scoring opportunities, and of course, protects the forward players from doing a little bit more of their defensive roles, which they, they're used to doing anyway. you just not seen... I mean, when was the last time you saw anything realistically positive come from our midfield that resulted in like a, a goal or an assist? Nope. It's, I, I, I can't tell it's, you. And it's, it's mad. And I do feel a little bit of sympathy for Cop in this situation because he, the Shaq substitution says a lot. And uh, admittedly, I'm I'm quite harsh on Jones Shakiri. Probably a lot harsher than I probably should be. And no, I'll be the first person to admit that. But I think it's just because from every single player in this Liverpool team, I expect really high stuff from them because you know what they're capable of. It's, I feel like a bloody school teacher here. It's like, you know, he's a really good student. He's clever, but he talks too much. If you yeah. stop talking, you get a lot more work done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he's not even using Jun Jakiri as an attacking option, as a number 10 or a winger, he's having to use him as like a playmaking number 8 to try and break lines, which is something he normally use Oxlade Chamberlain. But Oxlade Chamberlain is so off the boil through no fault of his own. It's because he needs five five games to warm himself up. And he's been so unlucky with injuries for the past, what, 18 months now? Mm. The options that he has to really change things up on the bench are so dire. They're so yeah. bad. They're just not available. They're non-existent. So he's having to consistently persist with Thiago when Thiago could probably do with a bit of a spell out of the team, in all honesty. I think it wouldn't be blasphemous to say that. No, when when Alvin's played pretty much every single game, he looks absolutely goosed. Um, and he's always trying to play... He he was the one who frustrated me the most, and else, I'll let you jump in after me. There were so many occasions where he could have played a progressive ball up, and he did a really cowardly thing, and he just kept playing the ball back to the centre-backs or recycling it back to Alisson. Like, we um, and this was when we were chasing the game at 2-0. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, we had a discussion about um, Genie. And some people are blaming, oh yeah, Klopp has taken a c- attacking capabilities from him. Okay, that's a fair comment, but there's nothing stopping him from passing it first time forward. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Genie does this thing where he has to hold the ball for like a second, two seconds, and then pass it back to the defence. Yeah. In the team that we're playing with now, we're trying to get the ball as quick as possible to the attack. Because the attack is starving. They're not getting the ball quick enough. Um, we'll come We'll come on to the attack later. But yeah, he, um, him and Thiago really, really disappointed me the most on on 
on Saturday night because they are two top players and um, experienced players. I mean, Thiago's, what, 30, nearly 30. Jenny's 30. Um, they've been around the block. They've played for years. They've played at the highest level. But they yeah. were hiding. They were hiding. And um, I come off at half-time and I thought... I saw there was a point where Thiago and Genie, who had the, someone had the ball, I think Kabak had the ball, and I couldn't see none of them. And it looked like we were just playing no one in midfield. Tom Davis was having a whale of a time in midfield, absolutely popping it about. Can you imagine Tom Davis? It looked like he was on his skateboard, bro. He was enjoying himself off of nah. Thiago Tell New York. Absolutely <laughs> and it looked like Tony Hawk's out there, man. And it was so disappointing because when you have your midfield, your midfield is your, your let's say like your equilibrium. It balances out your team, and you can see the problem with Liverpool is that they have no balance. And because we have no midfield who are supposed to balance out the team, everything is just upsy daisy. And um, it's, it's very frustrating. Someone just asked a question on on the live: Would you put Fab back at centre back or centre mid? I'll chuck him back in centre centre mid because we need something. We need um, a bit of steel. I know it was so easy to, to go through. You need the protection front of the back. Bruv, there's no one protecting it. It's just so easy to just go from like Pickford to Keane to Davis to Rich- Richarlison. It was just so easy, man. And and yeah. yeah, I mean you're right, maybe Genie does need to rest, but on Saturday, I mean there's nothing there's nothing wrong with just standing on the on the centre back's toes and helping them up. I'll be fair as well, because there was like a five ten minute period in the second half where Thiago was taking the onus on himself. He was, you know, he was, he was demanding the ball, and then he was receiving the ball. He pushed himself 10, 15 yards, beating his man. You know, he's, he had Gomez on a leash at parts, and he was injecting the tempo on the team. He was finding Robbo quicker. He was finding Bobby quicker, and things were happening. But the fact that that was only for five, ten minutes and not the entire game is it's massively concerning. It's so bad. They just they got no life, and I, I get it. You, you, you are at your minimum. You are down more men than you can count. And you're not going to win a war with, you know, nine men every week. You can't do it. It's impossible. You might have a few individual moments of um, of glory, but you're not going to go through a whole campaign. It's it's bonkers. It's absolutely insane. But do you guys, do you guys think that Fab will come in at... At, um, and playing the six, or do you think he's going to go slot right back in at centre half? Right back in at centre half. Right back in. So at do I, and, that, and that's unfortunate. I think one thing for me, and we'll, we'll talk on this later about yeah. what needs to change. We need to try different things. Like let's yeah. just try something different. I mean, what we're doing so far has resulted in no goal, no goals in nine hours of play at home. So, yeah. well, how about? Uh, oh, sorry, in open play rather, because I know Salah scored a penalty against City, didn't he? So let me let, let's change something. Ideal, ideally, what? You, because you can't keep chopping and changing centre-back partnerships now. This is going to be the 17th different centre-back partnership. We've had 18 already, actually, this season. Yeah. <laughs> 18 different centre-back partnerships. Might, 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 yeah. might need to throw in a birthday party. 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's actually insane. We're going to have a 19th different centre-back yeah. pairing in, on on Sunday. That's insane. That's mad. Like, and I think at some point you just have to stick to it and say it's, it's obvious that he doesn't trust Davis at this point. Yeah, which which is fair. Kabak has he's had some shaky moments, but again, I mean, can we say I mean, that's fair though? Can we say it's fair? I mean, I, personally, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a guy I haven't seen a guy play. But why why is why is it fair that he doesn't he doesn't deserve some minutes at all? With Ben Davis. Yeah. Yeah. No clue. <laughs> I've got no idea. If I had that, if I had, if I, if I had that info, I'd be writing for the Athletic. I mean, but, um, for me right now, I'm just thinking. It's a why fair not, question. Why not try a? Why not try a, a Davis and a, a Phillips partnership? What, like, what? What's the worst that can happen? For goodness' sake, we've lost how many games? What's going to happen? Like, you change need, it you up. Need, you, need, you need to do something now where you pick. The two centre backs, and it's probably going to be Kabak and Phillips, yeah. and you need to run with it for the remainder of the season. That's yeah. all you can do because you badly need to try and get. Because what you can do is you put Fab back in midfield, and out, maybe you know out of, out of possession or in, you know out of possession it goes to the three of the back. That's something you do to add a little bit more of a layer of security 
some midfielders aren't because they're not they're not shielding anyway. They've, they've been fucking they've been awful. You need to do something a little bit different to spice it up. And maybe when Jota comes back, you just convert the entire system to a four two three one. I hope so. Because something needs to change. Because you've without the key pieces of the of the system of the puzzle, like fucking Exodia, you've not got all <laughs> all the relevant pieces of the puzzle. It's not it's not the same monster that it was. So you need yeah. to do something differently. But, yeah, yeah. I, agreed, agreed. But back to the game. We did see Shakiri come on, and like I said, he tried, tried to do something, tried to do, tried to make some chances. Obviously, he had that chance he created for Salah. We were saying some people were saying that Alice saying he dinked it. I personally think he should have dinked it. I don't think he tried. I think he just smashed it against Pickford. Cool, whatever. He he had some chances. Now we move on, and it just looks. And then we see Carver Lewin warming up on the bench. We're like, my gosh, bloody hell! He just knows he's, he's gonna he's gonna pose some problems, especially for a comeback. He wasn't having the best of games. He comes on, and we're just in complete disarray. He gets played through in behind everyone. Trent looks like he's the only one who actually has some actual desire to get back. Uh, Joe put in um Joe put in the comment. He said, "Do you believe the penalty decision was right?" DCL takes a shot on goal. He then falls over. Well, he then, he then his knee hits the back of Trent Alexander-Arnold's head. And he goes down and the ref points to a penalty. The ref then goes to have a look at the monitor. Honestly, quicker than I could even blink. He has already decided that what he said was completely true. And he's sticking with it. <laughs> he literally just looked there and looked back. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "That's the quickest decision I've ever seen." Um, uh, but Els, Els, I will start with you. Do you think that that penalty decision was was right? Well, hey, I I don't know. I don't know. How can you do a penalty for somebody running to the back of someone? The guy can't even see him from. He's got a knee in the head. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> how, is he, how is he stopping him? If he's on the floor, he's got a knee in the head. That like, this season we've seen some. We've seen some penalties given that we're thinking flipping heck. Then we've seen some um, decisions that haven't been given. So, honestly, I don't know where we are with it. I, I couldn't tell you if they think it's a penalty, it's a penalty, isn't it? Some people say that Trent um, lifted his leg at the end. I'm like, bro, the guy was already falling by the time he got to Trent's leg. He was, he was already, already falling over. Like, there's yeah, nothing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I even look back. I look back just to make sure that wasn't the case as well. I watched it a few times over. No. That wasn't it. He was already falling from. He's already like he's, he tips over already. So I don't know how that Trent now has kicked him when he's already on the floor anyway. So I, to answer your question, I would, no, I don't think it was a penalty in it. But um, you know the ones where you lose the game and you don't want to talk about the ref, so you're just like whatever, man. It's just it's, it's ridiculous, man. Right, you, you could have made it. You could have made a compelling argument about the ref being shit anyway. Like the amount of times that Andre Gomez was fouling people in the same fouling, fouling, fouling people in the first half, and then he booked her back for a legitimate tackle. Yeah, look, I only bring this up because because it was a talking point. Overall, I think we all agree that we just weren't good enough. We didn't even deserve anything from the game, if if we're completely honest. Um, Whether it was a penalty or not, how I try to think about it is if it was against me. Would I take it as a penalty? Obviously, I would. But look, we've seen a crazy season of decisions. Look, I, you, you can't, I can't, I'm not surprised anymore that yeah. these kind of things yeah. go. It's like, there's so much inconsistency with the refereeing. And I think VAR's really exposed it, especially this season, just the incompetence of referees that we have in this league, unfortunately. But anyway, the, the penalty is not a talking point because it doesn't affect the game. I, I honestly think we still lose anyway. So. Look, it is just, it is uh, just um, so Dale Johnson from ESPN. He just like this. He, he's a brave man. He just he's the one who does the um the VAR breakdowns on a weekly basis. Okay. So he 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 did, he did the analysis for uh for the penalty. And he said the penalty to Everton was the correct decision. Remember, intent was taken out of the laws of the game, which makes no fucking sense to yeah, me. I'm, I'm laughing. Um, I'm laughing. Yeah. What? <laughs> However, as with David Luiz versus Wolves. Trent Alexander-Arnold should have been sent off as a clear goal-scoring opportunity was denied for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Bearing in mind, Calvert-Lewin drew the contact because he he need Trent in the back of the head. Well, Calvert-Lewin knew where Trent was, and, and everyone's at looking at the ball. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you look at it properly, Calvert-Lewin run over Trent. He knew that Trent was there, and he run over Trent. So, because there's there's nothing stopping Calvert-Lewin from going round Trent to get the ball. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So. Just to just for anyone who's who's late joining us, um, 
had saw someone comment, Spoonie, where are you? Uh, my our sincere apologies. He did have to pull out very, very last minute, uh, unfortunately, but he will be on on, on, a, on a future episode and we will give you the, the adequate promo and adequate promo that he does indeed deserve. So, yeah, that's just for anyone who's joining late. Um, and I use the opportunity to just briefly allude to pick me. Make sure you're liking the video, you're subscribed to the channel, subscribe to you're following the our Twitter page and put on the notifications where necessary. We're always about as as Chris is smiling with his thumbs up. Liverpool lost. End of. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So yeah, please. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, please, please get involved. You guys, you won't regret. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Okay, cool. When I see stars in the rain, when I go watch that Santa. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover arts, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow Hustle is an open door to levelling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the programme is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. Chris, I'm going to come to you and you alone. So I want to hear your thoughts on this man. Okay, are you ready for this? Yeah? I don't know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly where this is going, okay? For some reason, you, you like to take a liking to players that have a bit of a controversial opinion of, of the fans, okay? So, Mr. Ozan Kabak, sign on loan from Schalke with an option to buy in the summer. Good luck from a good old... Yeah, good afternoon, good afternoon. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I will never question his character. He just is not—he's not filling me with with confidence on the football pitch. I do have to say, but I want to ask you: What are your early thoughts on him and his season so far? It's a difficult one. I think, especially when you look at it from an expectations point of view, we, we were we were on our knees. We were begging for a centre back, any type of reinforcement. There was one point where we were looking at Mustafi, thinking, "Yeah, he'll do. End of the season. Yeah, yeah help us get top four. He'll do. He'll do." So we've set this expectation in our minds that the guy who's going to come in is going to be this kind of guy to put the glue together to <laughs> to kind of really um, to really get the stability back in the team, push people into midfield. And again, you know, you have Fab who's been injured and now Hendo has been injured too. Um, I actually thought that, you know the game against Leipzig where he was man of the match. He played really well, and you saw that partnership with uh, with Hendo kind of really really start to flourish. Um, mm. But when you look at it from a, a free game, a free game sample size, it's not the best. And you know, there's the, the you know, the, we've got the remainder of the season to, to, to come to decide for Liverpool to decide whether they're going to take up that 18 million pound option. But but look, I mean, he needs to do better. He, he can't be coming into games looking shaky. 
uh, first and foremost. I, I thought, you know, Leicester, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he played, he looked like he was just playing within himself and doing the safe thing every single yeah. time. But, but I think when you go out and you play like you do against, Le- against Leipzig, where you're looking really, you're looking really sound, you're looking really assured, you're looking at the centre-back that we, that I, that I know he can be. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kind of watching him from Schalke from from when when Schalke were good and then ultimately fell apart like a, yeah. like a house of cards. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, Sheffield tonight it'll be a, it'll be a good test for him because that's going to be a physical game. I mean, you're going up against guys like uh, Bogle and Bogoldrick, them man, like to be a little bit rough, like they're a little bit tumble. So I think you'll kind of take the physicality of the game because he he can be a bit of a physical guy, but. Needs to do better. Free game report card, C minus, must do better. Um, so, yeah. That's a better rating than, than I was going to give, but let's, let's leave it with Christian's C minus, that's for sure. Else, before yeah, I move on. People, people are too, too quick to judge, man. And I get it because when we're in the, we're in the heat of the moment, we are. When we're in the heat of the moment, everyone shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right, you're right. We are. We are. We just want results, we want it now, basically. Yeah. Um, but, Else, I do want to ask you something. Uh, we did see the return to the, to the squad of a man called Naby Keita. And that's the last point I'm going to make before we move on and talk about Liverpool in the overview from the Liverpool game. Naby Keita was now back in the squad after he's, um, after he's this, this program he's been on to build up muscle to, to avoid, um, to avoid this, to avoid his, his injury woes. You should know all about, um, this, this program. Um, I, I imagine it's just, it's just him eating loads and loads of solid food. So you should know all about this, uh, Ellis. <laughs> Um, why on earth did he not come on the pitch? Uh, I think it's just match match fitness, man. I think he's just lacking match fitness. Um, it's probably yeah a bit too soon for him to come. Up. We're down to like what two people, so I think it was just there to fill <laughs> fill the bench. <laughs> Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't expect him. To, I didn't expect him to be on the bench, but um, probably with the Fabinho injury um, and, and whatever. He was just on a bench. Um, hopefully, do, do you play against... Sorry, bro. I was going to say, do you, yeah, I mean, yeah, I hope he does play against Sheffield United. Um, do you think Henderson's injury using up a substitution was part of the reason why we didn't see him come on? Maybe that was part of a plan for Klopp, but he had to use an yeah. substitution. I think, yeah, I think that Hendo substitution um, probably messed him up. He, he, probably Kato was going to get, what, last 10, last 15, 10 minutes? mm you know what I'm saying? So then when we had yeah. to bring up Matt Phillips, I don't obviously no one expects anyone to get injured. So when you bring on Matt Phillips now you're down to like the um to the two. Obviously Shakuri is always gonna come on for Jones. And then I think Naby was probably gonna come on for like um Bobby. Who did Bob I think Bobby came off he came off from a rigi, innit? Yeah. So um <clears throat> yeah, I think we'll see him against uh, Sheffield. Hopefully he will change our fortunes a bit because like him or loathing, he's a top player. He is, and I'm seeing all these numbers being spelled out um, about how many more goals we score of him in the team. Look, yeah. I'm just gonna hold. I'm just gonna hold my own. It, gonna hold my own comments to myself. I just honestly, just just play a just play a, a few games in a row, and yeah. maybe just maybe you, you can trick me into falling in love with you again, Navigator. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's, that's how bad it is, isn't it? When you kind yeah. of like, the last remaining straw is, you know, Naby Cape is going to be Kaita's fitness and availability. We really are in the trenches there. Good well, yeah, boy. <laughs> but yeah, so just moving on from the Ever- Everton game, we're talking about something that is um, not necessarily on the game itself, but it's just something in football in general. Um, we see on Sky Sports, we see the likes of Roy Key and the Paul Scholes, the, um, the older heads really in football when they had obviously their intense rivalry, especially with Arsenal. They would make it sure that all rivalries, despite being international teammates, were com- were completely kept as they were. They no, there was no, um, there was no. You couldn't see any sort of rapport between any players. We had players of the same nationality going hammer and tongs at each other in tackles. And in general, a lot of these pundits they've been making some comments about it just being a bit too nice um between each other and I, I bring this up because there was a little bit of an out uh, an outrage on from after Bobby Firmino liked Richarlison's um Instagram post obviously both Bobby Firmino and Richarlison both represent Brazil at international level so I imagine they have some 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 friendship there similarly you saw after the City game with Everton you saw Jesus and Edison talking to Richarlison and they were sharing niceties there so I'm gonna ask you guys do you guys think that some of the um the backlash that that Bobby's seen um regarding Liking a, an, an Instagram post of of a of a goal against his own team 
is a bit too much? Do you think they're warranted in that regard? Do you think these ex-pundits are just being a bit uh, old, like old-fashioned or a bit outdated in their thinking? Chris, I'll ask you first, mate. What, what are your thoughts? I think there's definitely two sides for it. I think, you know, when it comes to that 90 minutes of football, when you're going head-to-head, regardless, could be a br- could be your own brother. You're fighting for all three points. You have to, you know, go hell for leather to secure those three points. So, you know, when it's on the pitch, there's no time for niceties, really. you got to be, <laughs> the Mourinho said, he went, yeah, you're, you're some really nice guys. But for 90 minutes, I need you to be a gang of cunts. <laughs> I need you to be a bunch of cunts. And it's true, man, for, for 90 minutes, you need to be, you need to be horrible. You need to be a horrible bunch of lads. Um, I think yeah, we even saw uh, Wayne Rooney uh, recently as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah we saw, he said, we saw, you know, "Yeah, go on, Chris. yeah." When you kind of like, he said, "You know, ex players." I know you're all still still large, probably all text each other all the time, but you know, throughout the game, fuck him, don't play for us anymore. And that's that's completely fair. And when the game's over, when the dust is settled, um, and it's a fair game, isn't it? Really, you know what I mean? I mean, yes, it's a disappointing result. It's another one of them. Um, but I think it's, there's definitely a little bit of a cultural vibe there too, because you look at all the Brazilian lads um, from all the different from all the different teams. They got that they got that nice little kind of family atmosphere towards yeah. it. So when they were yeah. all in national duty, we all made it out of the hood. Look at us in the, in the big <laughs> Premier League from the favelas. It's all like a Premier League. It's all like a big family thing, man. And you know they're all kind of like they're all around at each other's houses and stuff. Um, you know they're all barbecuing and stuff together. You yeah. know when they're able to. So it, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think throughout the whole, throughout, when you're actually playing the game of football, you, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see people uh, like helping. You obviously don't want to see people helping each other out and stuff like that. But I, I think it's a little bit forgotten that you know, uh, Jabby Alonso and Mikel Arteta were like best mates, and they both played for Liverpool and Everton respectively. I think yeah. they're like neighbours at some point, and stuff, mm. lived in the same building and stuff. So there's always going to be those relationships in football. But again, when it comes to the ninety minutes on the pitch, that's your enemy. You need to treat it as such. How about you, Els? What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I agree, actually. Chris said it's spot on, to be fair. Yeah, for the 90 minutes, um, yeah, you're sworn enemies. You need to um, get the victory over each other. If it means slight tackling your brother through the chest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Through the chest. Mario De Jong versus Xavi uh, Alonso, <laughs> World Cup final. Even yeah. even Jeff and Matt even Jeff and Matt Hardy fought each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I remember Liverpool playing Chelsea and um, who was it? I think Louis done a mad tackle on Lucas in the middle of the match and and they they were gonna they started squaring up and they started scrapping. So it, like you're right within the match, yeah, cool. You scrap it out because tenses are high. I mean, testosterone is flowing. You, you want to win. But after the game, man, if man liked the Instagram post, but that's his brother. I'm saying that. Yeah. What, what is it? Like? I mean, all those and like again, culturally, it is <laughs> for real. Culturally, <laughs> it is a thing. Like I think the British are very like partisan. Even when um the top teams when they play for England, you had your Liverpool table, you had your Man United table, you had your Arsenal table. I mean, so they they are used to this atmosphere. Oh, we can't talk to them. Oh, we don't talk to them. But in Brazil, fam, their managers playing drums, coming in, doing their thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, they, they enjoy themselves. I mean, they're, they're brothers, like. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You're right. Just vibes. Completely. Yeah, Completely. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I And honestly, guys, I couldn't agree more. Look, football is, is a big part of our lives, but it's not our entire lives. Like, we have to move on. We, we really it's do. It's the thing, man. It's like, it's, some people can be angry 24-7, innit? They brush their teeth angry. They go to bed angry. They wake up angry. They take a shower angry. Sometimes you need to tone it down, man. <laughs> I mean, it's not good for you. Yeah. Okay. Mm, for real. What do you expect Firmino to say to Ricardo? Like, bro, take your picture down, man. You might not. No, he's not gonna say that, is he? Like, come on, man. It's a bigger thing, man. <laughs> for real. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. Cool. So, from that little brief interlude, I do want to go back to our own team. So. From Liverpool's front three to Liverpool's blunt three. More emphasis on the blunt two, actually. I can't really add a certain Mo Salah. He's doing very, very well. The best he's done since 17-18, actually. Sadio Mane and Bobby Firmino look like they're just off the boil. Look like they're off the pace. They're not contributing as much as they have been recently. And there is a worry there to be had. Mm -hmm. To, 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 To the point of Sadio Mane in particular, where... 
you saw last year, every other game, he actually averaged a goal. Whereas this year, he's averaging a goal every three and a half games. That's a massive drop-off. We also saw that even when he averaged a game, a goal every other game, there were very important goals. They were goals that were either match winning or game openers, which we've seen this season are so key to how you move on in the, you, you move on and do better in, in a game. Particularly the Wolves game, for instance, we were looking like we were, we were making chances like we saw this season against Wolves. We end up and we, we, we struggled to make the, to score the first goal, but after we do that, we score four. The first goal is incredibly important. We saw last year we saw Marius score against Southampton, Villa, Palace. Uh, Leicester, Wolves. Guys, this drop-off is crazy. Ellis, I do want to come to you first. Do you have any sort of explanation to describe Mane's drop in form this year? Yeah, well, I I think it's a combination of COVID, a lot of minutes, and just generally not in form. Um, I can't take a lot away from Mane. In my opinion, I think he needs to do more. He needs to help, help Salah. Because with those two scoring goals, Liverpool will always fly. So I, I think, firstly, right now he's not on form. He's just not, not on form, and and that's fine. I mean, footballers they're, they're not unless you're Messi or Ronaldo. I I don't expect you to be, you know, what I'm saying, banging all the time. You're allowed to yeah. drop off in form because you, you you'll be tired. Um, you need a rest. Um, sometimes he also has credit in the bank as well. A lot of credit in the bank, man. A lot of credit in the bank. I mean, he, he was second top scorer last season, I think. Anyway, yeah. he's got a lot of credit in the bank, and I, I won't, I won't like begrudge him. Again, he had COVID early on in the season. I don't know if he's still suffering from that. I'm not too sure. Um, was he injured this season? He was. Think. He was. He well. He wasn't injured, but he was just incredibly tired. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, that's as far as that. he's played a lot. And don't forget, last season he didn't have a. I think he had like two weeks free season before coming back. So these things catch up to you, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, yeah, but he was at home for for three three months with with um uh, what's it called the lockdown and whatever." But yeah, it's different. You know what I'm saying like you're not you're still not playing, you're not active, like you're not actually outside doing anything, and that's what footballers need. So um yeah, hopefully he picks up because we do need him as soon as possible. Um, certain people are saying that oh, if we talk about the front three, we need to add Salah. Not really, like Harold said, we're not going to add Salah because he's top scorer. But yeah, we do need, especially Sadio, to pick up. Bobby Firmino, on the other hand, I'll let Chris talk about that. But before I let Chris talk about that, um, I will say that I think he's done. I don't think he should be starting from next season. Um, I think that what we're seeing now, uh, what we're seeing now is, I think this is his level. Um, yeah, Chris Scott. <laughs> no, wait, but before we get to uh, before we get to Bobby, because I, I do want to give you a little bit of some some stati- some statistical insight that I found on Bobby, but I do want to mention about Mane. I do think Mane's Mane's one's interesting because uh, there were times in the season where we were saying he just looks tired, looks like he's just had too much football, but then he comes back and he plays with an, he plays with an intensity. But what has annoyed me about Mane for years is that he loves to deliberate on the ball for too long. He loves to just relax and chill out and just do things in his own time. Fortunately, he's technically gifted. He is um, athletically gifted, but he can just he can take the piss really. Like he can he can beat you over a few yards. He can he can he can bring you back and he can shoot from far. He's he's a fantastic footballer. However, this year you're just seeing him. He looks, looks like he's just lost that sharpness. Looks like people are just getting to him a little bit quicker and he can't afford those luxuries that he used to have last season. And I think because of how intense he sometimes plays, people sometimes, um, Anik, <clears throat> sometimes just forget that, well, not, not forget, but they cover it up with like, oh, he's trying hard so we can just give him a bly. But you actually see that sometimes he is the reason for breakdowns in our in our attack. And it's just, unfortunately, it's just not good enough. Um, but yeah, on, on to Bobby Firmino. Chris, I, do, I did want to prefix it with this. Bobby Firmino has one goal in his last 14 appearances for the Reds. He has never scored in a Merseyside derby in 12 attempts. He was wrongly scapegoated last season, I think, in, in, in certain spells. He scored very important goals. He scored um, goals against, he scored match winners against Chelsea, Palace, Spurs, Wolves, just to name a few. And he's, and he only, but he only managed nine goals at the whole nine Premier League goals at the whole of last season. Chris should bring out his notepad for this. Um, he's, he's got six Premier League goals so far this year, but you're just seeing a distinct and distinct difference um, from his from from his play. It looks like his inf- influence on the game is diminishing 
So I'm going to ask you, Dan Krishan, is Bobby Firmino still good enough to start for Liverpool Football Club? Let me quickly deliberate with my special counsel here. <laughs> did, you know this, did you know this shit? One goal in 14. Are we bad? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Sorry about that. Still a quick deliberation. Um, I think good enough to start. Um, <laughs> um, is he good enough to start? I'll probably say yes, but not as a number nine. I think it's become a little bit clearly evident now that he's not the, the, the goal return. You, you, some, at some point, you can obviously um, negotiate. You can you can negate the goal return because of a lot of the stuff he does off the ball, the drive, the energy he's delivering to get the other two into the game to create these goal scoring opportunities. Um, kind of like a good uh, like a good like a good big man does in the NBA traditionally. You know, setting screens, doing a lot of stuff off the ball, doing a lot of the dirty work. Um, you know, Chris, that's, that's a funny. Oh, sorry, just to cut you off there, but that's a no, funny no, analogy no. you give because I think it's it's important. But even those big men that that you're that you're hearing that this, they have that purpose just to do those things, they only come on for a few minutes in the game. Like they it's won't true. they won't be mainstays throughout the entire basketball game, and that's what you're alluding to with Bobby there. I think you can make a very apt comparison to Draymond Green and Bobby Firmino. At one point, they were very integral pieces to their respective teams, and they enabled them to get to the heights that they needed. But you look at how their teams have evolved. You look at how their bodies have slightly deteriorated. They're not yeah. able to do the same things, and the stats aren't there to back up the claims of why they should consistently be starting um, yeah. and taking minutes away from possibly other players. So I, I think in people saying that Google user, use your real name, coward, uh, <laughs> Firmino, needs, Firmino needs to go, blood. I don't, think he, I don't necessarily think he needs to go. I think there's still definitely a place for him within this team. As a, as a featured number nine, for me, uh, not at this present moment in time. Um, I, I think we possibly we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it later, later on. But I think we possibly need to bring in two strikers to replace Divock and the role that Bobby actually does. But like we were talking about earlier, if we were to change formation, let's say when Jota does come back and you know he gets a little bit of the rhythm in his feet, you change it to four two three one. You put Bobby into the ten, where the goal scoring, where the goal, where the goal scoring opportunity isn't burdened on him and a lot of those chances in the six yard box uh, which we're getting at the moment are, f- are falling to either Salah or Jota who are more clinical and have been throughout you know, th- their time at the club so I think a little bit of a little bit of a back seat needs to be taken for him thank you for all the good stuff that you've done I'm not going to not going to hand in my badge and gun for the Bobby Hive but um, I think it's time for a little bit of a reduced role Krish, that was that was very mature of you. I can imagine that was quite hard of you to say, but that was, that was very mature, man. <laughs> that, was, that was very mature. That was a mature discussion on our on our front three. Um, I don't think I don't have I don't think anything else needs to be said. Kadeem is there commenting on on our on our YouTube page. He's there saying Bobby could be a good ten, so therefore backing up what what Chris is saying in the four two three one role. So, um, see how that or four two one three, however you want to play, it, see how that goes. Um, okay, cool. But let's look ahead. So let's think about what, what we need to change now. We spoke about what's going wrong. We've been speaking about it for weeks, weeks on end. We need to change something. Ellis, we need to change something. But what But what is it exactly? Do we change our formation? Do we change our high line? Does Jota come in and fix all our problems? What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, bro, there's a, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. Thank, thankfully, um, that's Klopp's problem, you know what I'm saying. That's why he gets paid a lot of money. But just from a fan I'm point, not a qualified coach. Particularly, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I mean, um, from from a fan point of view, from my point of view, I think firstly we need to get a bit of consistency in the team. So we need to start with centre backs, and we need Klopp needs to start with two centre backs that you're just gonna have to trust, regardless of yeah. Playing centre back as centre back, right? Literally, literally, as 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 um. That's smart as it sounds, just do it because that's gonna allow us now to have our proper midfielders in midfield and our proper like covering midfielders so we can have our DMs covering us the um centre backs and we can have um Thiago pulling strings further forward and we can push the push the um the team back up up the pitch. Um dropping the high line, I wouldn't want us to drop the high line because if we drop the high line then the gaps between centre mid and the forwards become too much and then we won't be as effective. So if we can just keep the same high line so that we can push teams back and get get the forwards closer to the box as as, as possible, um, 
So yeah, Jota coming back will be very big for us because then we can allow Bobby or Mane to rest. Um, I think those two desperately need desperately need to rest. Even Salah, the, the, the whole front three. Yeah, uh, I think we're actually blessed in a, in a in a point with Salah. The fact that he's just so robust, like yeah. he just doesn't really get injured. He right. he just shrugs off challenges. He, he's in great shape. And he, and he scores goals. Like he's he's a very important player to our team, man. Very, very, man. And to have him to have him playing frequently so well at the minute is 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 helping us dramatically. Um, or closer to the top four than like bottom half. We probably should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really it's really impressive, man. How Salah's kind of like changed his body at Liverpool. Like, yeah. I think he sacrificed he sacrificed a little bit of his speed. To get a little bit more bulkier and a little bit more kind of uh, a little bit more so, durable, so he, he can he can go to toe to toe people. And it helps a lot. Him. It helps him, like, it bounce, people bounce off him. Like <laughs> it must be very very long playing against him. So yeah, we are we, we are really blessed to have a, a player like him. So, but yeah, Jota coming back does help us. Um, I won't think he, he's not like the he's not going to be like a, he's not going to change our fortunes and we're going to suddenly rip up the league and that anything. But he's just going to allow you know what I'm saying the front front three to have. Have some time off, man. And even, yeah. even and and Cater and even Fabinho, those three coming back, hopefully would give us a bit of a, a boost in a Champions League as mm. well. Because you're having those three quality players come back and and Liverpool probably start playing well, change the shape. We hopefully we can change the shape. But Klopp is a man that is set on his principles. I read a really good article from. Um, Oh, he wrote in the New York Times. I forgot his name. Sorry, my name has gone black. But yeah, he wrote in the New York Times. Uh, I, know, I know what you mean. I can't remember his name. Yeah, um, I forgot his name. But he was saying that Klopp's system is him. He is the system. And he will carry on doing what he thinks works in his head, even if it's not working, you can see. But he's, he's, not, he's not a man. He's like a real, real genuine fundamentalist. And he's going to stay with what he believes works. And... Because what we can see that he has some parts of his engine not and some part of the engine out, so we can see that it's not working. But if he had everything, it will definitely work. But alas, this is crop, and we just have to go with it, really. Yeah, it is. It, it does. It does seem like that. It does look like he is um, a victim of his own success at times. It's like you keep, you keep trying to pursue the exact same. Um, Exact same, uh, what's what's the word like product? When you know that the product is completely different, like it's the ingredients are now changed. You think you can sell it like you did before? It's not going to happen. The key ingredients, no, like I get, I get, I get what you mean. Like when um, soft drink and they take the sugar content out, it just didn't taste the same. Yeah, Fanta like icy lemon, they take yeah. the sugar out and it's just not the same. Luca said orange. You know what I mean? They put the sugar out now. It's not like the Luca said orange we had in school. And all yeah, that. exactly. These are key ingredients. What made it so good? That's what. Um, Virgil van Dijk is a key ingredient that's what made us so good last year. Henderson played in, in centre mid is a key ingredient for made us so good in the last this, few years. This is but the yeah, thing, man. And uh, I know a lot of rival fans like to do the whole. Eh, but you know, you know, everyone gets injuries now nah, because nah, they're a bunch of fucking nerds. Um, exactly actually, well. no, no, nerds isn't nerds in the right word. That's actually offensive to nerds. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the word is. Dickheads. There we go. Dickheads. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you look at what who we've lost. We've lost Virgil. Gomez came in. He was playing really well, and I thought, all right, cool. Yeah, Gomez is really stepping up here. This is the turning point. Not the turning point, but this is where he establishes himself as the centre back he can be without Virgil. You lose him. You're pushing your midfielders into defence. The midfield's a bit of a void now. A lot of the engine players from there have been moving back. So essentially, you've, you, we've lost the bulk of our spine of the team. Cause we've not had Ali available for some games as well. So we've had Adrian, who has just been acting like a bloody terrorist in goal whenever he did play. And and, and Kelleher has, has come in when called upon, doing a very good job, but he's not Ali. But again, Ali's not been Ali this evening as well. So there's a lot of key fundamentals, like we were talking about earlier, those cogs in the machine. When they're removed, the machine don't function the same way. Yeah, agreed. Um, Chris, I do want to come to you. I do want you to ask, I do want you to speak a little bit more. Because you did speak about this in pre-production, uh, about our supporting cast. And we do have a, a Patreon piece on our summer this year and what needs to change. But let's give you a little bit of an insight here. Use it as like a preview or a promo for our Patreon piece. Chris, we have a lot of players a lot of players that look 
that are on the fringe of things are meant to be our plan B, but they're not necessarily performing how we want our plan B to, the likes of Ox, the likes of Origi, the likes of Shaq. How much emphasis or how much focus needs to be on our plan B this summer? All of it. <laughs> All of it. It's like we said earlier on, man. Like it's just dire. It's dire straits. Jota, Jota was, you know, if it's Jota or if it's Bobby, they're very good plan Bs. And you know, Sim, Sim is, you know, big, big up Sim, man, because he's he's a good lad, good home. <laughs> he's like a back. <laughs> Can you play centre back as well? Um, <laughs> you look at the bench. And you can't look at it with any form of confidence, really. Um, you know, as much as I do love Leighton Clarkson and Els shares the same sentiment, you don't particularly want him on the bench because he's not going to be able no. to come on and change games. Exactly. The fact that we're having to use Shaq as the first sub is bloody frightening because, like we said earlier, right into midfield, you, you do miss a Jota. You do miss these X-Factor guys that you want. And I think we, we, we went into a little bit of detail about this a few weeks ago on the part two. And I think... It's become so so more of a uh, you know, of a poignant point that we ha- we have to consistently make that the backups that we have aren't good enough. Um, and I know a lot of a lot of people will probably say that. Well, why did you send Minamino out on loan? Minamino wasn't having the desired impact that he he we needed him to have. And for me, he doesn't look like a guy who can come off the bench and change the course of games. Do you like think he's got the right opportunities? So. That's another fair question because Klopp's Flat out come out and said that he's just not got, he's just not been able to get the game time, mm. um, and maybe we've we've loaned him out with a view to obviously bringing him back next season to have a bit more of a, uh, of a key role. He can get used to physicality because Southampton they're in a really shit run of form at the moment, but they're not a bunch of bums. They play some very good football and Hasn Hootel's a good manager, so he might come back in next year and be a bit more of a focal point. You've got Harvey Elliott who's tearing it up in um in, in the Championship, um where. His long-term position is in this Liverpool team. That still remains to be seen, whether he's a more of a midfielder or he's the winger that we can chop in and out. But but definitely, I mean, I think sometimes with these players, you just have to cut your losses. I mean, you know, whether Michael Edwards is a very shrewd businessman and will try and get as much money as he can. It's like the Eddie Guerrero of um, sporting directors. Lie, cheat. He'll lie, cheat and steal to get, um, to get the guy he wants. So... Sometimes you might just have to cut the loss with Shaq and take five, seven million quid for him. You might just have to cut the loss with Divock and take twelve million quid for him. Um, guys like Harry Wilson again, I, I'm not even I'm not even too sure how he's doing in the championship, but you might have to cut the loss just so you can get more money in to use on guys and you know the the, the, type, the type of player that you will probably want to bring in to be that supporting guy. And this isn't even us looking at kind of impact starters that I think we still also need as well. That's, again, that's something that we covered on the Summer 21 podcast. Please subscribe to the Patreon page today. But you look at guys, you look at Rafina, who's played this evening as we're recording this pod. He's got a goal and he's made, he make, always makes a consistent impact whenever he's in games. And you also yeah. look at a guy like Pedro Neto from Wolves, who is very much in the similar mould as to what Jota was in when he was at Wolves. All the attributes are there and you can see how they can be accentuated within a more attacking functioning unit. So when we start looking at the players and we bring a guy in with the right age profile as well, who can come off the bench, who can actually start games as well to give the rotation front for that we need, then we can kind of start saying that, look, we've got the squad where we can do to push on again and get to the heights where we need to be for next season. Excellently said, my good friend there. Excellently said. So just to wrap up, I'm going to ask you both one question. I want you guys to do your best to try and be as optimistic but as reasonable <laughs> and as rational as you can. So our next three games, we have, uh, in the Premier League, we have Sheffield United away on Sunday. We have uh, Chelsea the following Thursday. And I think, I can't remember what day it is. It's th- it must be a Sunday, actually, with Fulham the week after at home. So Sheffield United away, Chelsea at home, Fulham at home. Out of nine points, Ellis, how many points are we picking up in those three fixtures? Five. So we're we're winning one and then drawing both. Yeah, drawing. I think we're gonna we'll beat Sheffield, um, draw Chelsea and we'll draw Fulham. I'm actually scared of that Fulham game because they look like they have the tools to really scare us. I can't Very believe that you're afraid of the Fulham game. I know, Very I know. It's um, a good team, man. Um, they they're strong in midfield. They're counter attack. They've got quick quick wingers in um 
Is it Harrison? Is it Harrison? No, no, Harrison Reed. What's the other one? The uh, oh, Lookman. No, you got Lookman and the other guy on the other side. I forgot his name. Aina. No, the Aina, he plays at defence. But yeah, they've got quick, quick, um, quick wingers. They've got quick wingers going forward. The only thing with Fulham is that their finishing is a bit iffy. But yeah, they've got mm-hmm. enough tools to, to cause us a lot of problems and we don't have a settled defence. So that game could draw, could lose. It could be a bit sticky still. Chelsea with Tuchel or Tukal were to uh, German Dan. Um, um they they are they are playing well, they started well again. I guess Sheffield United, I think we should beat Sheffield United, but again you never know man. But I'm saying five points. Cool. Chris, how about you mate? We get seven points from that, I will be absolutely fucking buzzing, which is absolutely sad. Um, <laughs> we should beat Sheffield United. Um but then again, they're they're playing all right. They gave Chelsea a bit of a run for their money when they were uh, when they played them a few weeks ago. Um, we're in the mud. I can't believe we're having to talk about these yeah. matches like this. <laughs> it's not great, um, but yeah, hopefully we get a lot more players back leading up to these games. So hopefully we get Fab back. He's um, able to kind of start a few more games because that'll be the boost in midfield that we do need. Um, and hopefully we get Jota as well. But that Chelsea game is going to be a bit long because they're playing. They're playing all right. They're not playing great. They're playing all right. And that's all you need against Liverpool at the moment. Um, I don't know if Tuchel will try and go... He might do a he might do a um, Nagelsmann and try and go bar for bar just to kind of prove a point. Uh, you know, kind of a, him being the... He's had the mini-cop, isn't he, really? Because he was, he was Mines manager. Then he was Dortmund manager. So that's a little bit, it's a bit, bit, bit of a weird one for them. So they might try and go bar for bar on that one. If, but yeah, I think I think Els is right about that Fulham game. They're on a bunch of bums. As mad as it sounds, they're all right. Bro, I'm telling you, fam, that counter attack is scaring me, fam. It's, it's all the Nigerian lads that got in the team. They're very good. Bro, they're very. <laughs> shout out to my Nigerian brothers there. Fam. I think we've got the um, actually we've got a new striker. They've got a new in uh, Josh Major. He looks a bit. He looks yeah, a bit honest. So. Yeah. Very good. So, so Chris, what were you saying? How many points? Let me go bold in it. Let's say we get seven points. That's I have no one. evidence. I have no evidence to back up that claim whatsoever. <laughs> Purely down to vibes. Purely. Yep. So likewise, seven points as well for me. Uh, Els are going with five. We'll probably end up with two. Um, but yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, um, guys. Thank you so much for 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 all of you live listeners. Thank you so much for staying with us for this whole time. Uh, for those of you who have made it this far, we, we really appreciate you. Please make sure you're signed up to all of our various um, uh, sources that we have. So Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube. Make sure you're signed up and get involved. We have stuff coming out every day on our Patreon. So make sure you sign up and you don't miss out at all. And for those of you who are ex- excited for June 21st, as we are, have a fantastic rest of your week. Um, and yeah, here's to hoping Liverpool actually win a Premier League game. Take care and speak to you soon. Network.